Look up there in the sky. It's a bird. A plane. It's Handsome Boys Comics Hour. Those boys are so handsome. One Nick Fury. One dumb dumb Dugan. One fortnightly discussion of comics and nerd culture. I'm your host, Robbie Dorman, literature geek and writer. I'm your other host, Eric Z. Goodnight, professional artist and illustration nerd. And we are the Handsome Boys Comics Hour, your home for news, reviews, slightly antagonistic banter, and much, much more. This is episode 267. Did I hear some corpsing there? I just wanted to make you say dumb dumb. I know you did. I almost couldn't get through it without laughing. I almost did a voice. I, I'm not 100% sure what Dumb Dumb Dugan sounds like. You know, it's like a little piratey, but Irish, you know. I would make an attempt, but I think it's the thing that I would I would have to workshop it. <laughs> to sit in front of the mirror for about half an hour. All right, well, you'll be Dumb Dumb Dugan for the next 10 episodes, and we'll, we'll hear that evolution. Regardless Perfect. of what we read, we're just, you'll just be Dumb Dumb Dugan. We are discussing uh, some spy, spiness. Some Nick spiness. Fury, some spiness, some Nick Fury, some Dum Dum Dugan uh, in book club. We're reading Secret Warriors, discussing uh, the, the 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 series from two thousand and nine, the long long ago, two thousand nine, eleven years ago. It felt like feels like ten million years ago. It does. It does. This this does feel like it's from a bygone era. It's not really that long ago, but it does feel like that. Uh, we'll talk about it. Uh, ten and eleven years. It's a that's a chunk. It is. It's a. It's a there. There, there are time. some twenty-year-olds who would definitely think that that's a a long-ass time ago. Yeah, I know. <laughs> those children, those little babies. You know, God bless them. Yeah, I know. They're doing their best. They got a shit world that they're walking into. Well, I mean, we're in it too. I know. I understand. Um, what are we doing? We're talking about. Mess. We're talking about comic books, Eric. We're going to talk about uh, our. We're going to talk about book club later on because that's what we do. Because the first yes, segment. Yes, that's the way structure works. That's the way structure works. Our first segment is the one we're going to do now. It is time for our first segment. It's time for Floppies for Nightly. Floppies for Nightly is the part of the show. Eric and I read a selection of this past couple of weeks' books, tell you to buy or do not buy them. There's a mush meter goes from one to five. If we are feeling mushy about our decision, our first book is empire number zero fantastic four by request eric mm-hmm. thank you uh written by dan slot art rb silva and sean isaacsy colors marte gracia and marcio menes letters joe hermania where's that where's that little uh clip where's that little uh panel you sent me with uh, here, the... <laughs> he calls him a jobber he ain't no jobber he's here to clobber the king of the ring the ever loving then gets cut off but Oh, let's see. Yeah, there it is. What page number is this? Twelve. Twelve. Where we get the return of intergalactic wrestling champion Ben Grimm. He's done this. I one. mean, that's that's an that's an important return to form. There. It is. It it is enough I, to make me like enjoy this book alone. But there's basic like this is a very good thing. Like I, the Empire connection. Sure, it's there. I, I this is just a fun Fantastic Four little story. Frankly. Yeah, I I I I got to be honest. I 
absolutely. I don't think I could like this more. <laughs> this is this is exactly what I need in my life. <laughs> is this dumb shit? Is is fucking Ben Grimm and Johnny just being wholesome and saving kidnapped children and and Valeria losing all like losing their their ship gambling it's just god almighty it's just so wonderful that do you know what i do you know what i miss what do you miss there's this part where like uh mr fantastic just starts dropping exposition and he's explaining things that happened in marvel continuity and then the fucking is like look at this issue here's the editor I miss that garbage. It's it's kind of out of it's kind of out of uh, fashion these days. But it felt really good to see that hokey shit in this book. Dan Slott it is it, it absolutely happy. He's, oh, yeah, absolutely, he's a huge nerd. He's a huge nerd. So yeah, he's gonna yeah. include continuity stuff that no one remembers. And he's like, no, I did my research. It's in this issue. Um, you, you know what? That's that's what I want. I want. I want nerds nerding as hard as they fucking can. And to be fair, Mr. Fantastic is the guy who yes, knows if all someone's going to be a fucking nerd, it's it's going to be the fucking uber nerd there. Reed, Mr. Reed Richards is absolutely the person who knows the ex- entire history of the Korean scroll and every little yes. detail. Um, yes. I love these little kids, too. These little kids, these little two oh, Kree scroll kids are great. They're the best. Oh, they're so good. I'm I'm liking this addition to the family. I like I like Fuck it. Yeah. I'm really good. The two murder children. This is going to yeah. be they're going to be good. I like that. Um, uh, yeah, it's it's a fun story. Like it is not like I, I, I think I actually do like the kind of underlying themes of it, too, about how these people are perpetuating this war or at least the the kind of the worship of this war just Mm -hmm. for entertainment like that's really good in this comic book where ben and johnny are like fighting little children in in a in a death gladiator stadium i have a question eric this question came up in my mind and i want to know what you think about it i don't want it first though they they literally jobbed the children though they did it's okay they did job the children you got someone's got a job Okay. You know, True. There's always got to be a jobber. My question is, whenever you see in combat, whenever Ben fights, whenever he's fighting stuff, sometimes little rocks fall off and get knocked off of him. Yeah. Does he grow those back? It's a really good question. I don't really think about the... Um, I've never thought that question in my entire life until today when I was reading this comic book. I... I Where's the panel where it happens? He's When they're fighting little kids, one of them, like, gives him like has like a giant scythe or something or a big she cuts blade. him yeah she cuts him but right there he's like yeah all these kids are playing for keeps yeah i don't really okay there is some like on the thing on the blade it's yeah. a good question and like i assume like there's been like different versions like he has apparently changed over time and i don't know if that's still if that's still canon but like you know it was there was an old story I remember where when he when he started out, it was more like he had like lizard skin kind of. And then he turned into a rock monster. So, like, I assume it is grown out of like his skin and biology. So it would grow back. 
you know? Mm-hmm. It'd be the same as getting skin cells cut off of you, knocked off of you. Yeah. It's just they're minerally. This is I, this I, is a this is a guess. This is shooting from the hip. But here. that's also my that's also what I think. I think that he grows them. Mm-hmm. Back. I would say he grows them back. These kids are fucking adorable. They're really good. I, I like so I really much. like the murder kids. They're really good. Yeah. Cree yeah. skull rival murder kids. Great. And you're Cree and you smell and I hope you die. It's really good. <laughs> that's really good. It's really good. It's really good. It's 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 like they have they have this brother sister sitcom energy. God Almighty! It's just ah ah ah. Very pretty book as well. Fucking I wanna, perfect. I want to say oh, very, it's really, it's, very it's wonderful. Um, it's it's wonderful. I, we are buys. I don't know if it's not clear. I like this more than the other one. So I mean, yeah, my, way, my way, love, way better. The, my, the other one was pretty good. No, it this was. Is, yeah, this is this this is fucking chef's kiss perfection. This is this is what I needed in my life. Our love hate relationship with Dan Slot continues he's he's not always a hit i feel like i've enjoyed when he picks up fantastic four more often than not he's done a story here and there and it's been good uh it's double buy on empire zero fantastic four next up is harley quinn black white and red uh number three written by saladin ahmed art javier rodriguez letters clayton cowles uh, I did not know this existed until Saladin tweeted it out. I'm like, oh, I want to see what that is. What he when he how he writes Harley Quinn. What's a Harley Quinn story? Um, I think I think the the trick to writing this comic book is to not really write it. What do you mean? First, this is this is this is. I don't know that I would say this is written. This is just like some vague notes and then letting this artist just make something fucking amazing. And I, mean, I, I think that's great. I love this. I love this for what it is. It's fantastic. I mean, sometimes that's the best thing a writer can do is absolutely. And I, there are the so many, there are so many comic book writers that have no idea how to do that or have the confidence to get the fuck out of the way. Um, or just really are I don't know the, they they don't have the right energy to let someone do most of the storytelling. Yeah, this is a this digi- is this, this is, is excellent. Yeah, it's really good. It's a digital first book, um, and it's widescreen. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's like I can't the the red the the black white and red gimmick could be I don't know could just be that you know if not executed well, but this take this book takes full advantage of that and just looks absolutely gorgeous gives us it reminds there's a batman the animated series episode that this reminds me of a lot of um where villains are sitting around telling versions of story about batman and they all they're all different um Mm -hmm. this is kind of the inverse of that in a weird sort of way but probably was inspired directly by that i feel like saladin ahmed knows what's good for him but the 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 art in it is just beautiful it, and the, the the design is really good mm-hmm. it has all the, the different versions of harley in there it's really interesting how they're used and how they differ and i don't know I buy it it's i think this is only 99 cents too so fuck you that's this is this is way worth that yeah it's really good uh 
which you know i think both of us have been there have been so many harley quinn books it's very difficult to there have been so many bad harley quinn books that as well um hard to recommend them from time to time but this is definitely not buy this it's really good are you a buyer of course okay double buy silly bitch hey not silly Double by Harley Quinn, Black, White, and Red. Number three. Next up is The Goddamned, The Virgin Brides, issue one. Uh, there's probably a credits page in this comic book somewhere. There it is. Last page. Of course it is. Um, written by Jason Aaron. Art by Arm Guerra. Colors, Julia, Julia, Julia Brusco. Letters and design by Jerry K. Fletcher. This, this, the, the Goddamned, the first volume of this, because this is technically, I believe, the second volume. The first volume of this started as a project in like the mature, I believe in a mature Marvel imprint. I forget which icon or one of the newer, like the imprint that was started for Bendis and then and, and then Jason Aaron. And then that imprint disappeared. So I guess Marvel just gave the rights back to Jason Aaron. And now he's publishing it with Image with a new book where this is less connected to the Bible as that first book was. This book is... I don't know. I don't know how to describe this. It's like a weird fantasy, really dark it, fantasy. It makes me deeply uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, it's really, I don't know. It's kind of fucked up. Do you know what this is? Th- this, I mean, a lot of it has to do with, what's his name? R.M. Guara. What's his name? R.M. Guara. R.M. Guara. Yeah. This was the artist from, um, What's the scalped scalped? Thank you. That's exactly what I was looking for. Um, yeah, he's, I mean, he's leaps and bounds better than he used to be. And scalped looked very good. Um, this, this makes me think of something weird and uncomfortable that Mobius would draw. And, 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 and in no small part, uh, because of the, the really glorious artwork, but like, there's something very French about writing a story that is this uncomfortable, um, which is, I, I, I don't know. It's about little girls who are getting their first period being offered up as virgin sacrifices to some kind of rape monster. I don't know. It's really weird and, and, and really icks me out. It's really ba- it's really gross. Yeah, like, it, uh, by, it, it makes purpose. me deeply uncomfortable. But like, I don't know, man. Like, I don't know how to. It's it, think it's of hard. This. It's hard to parse because it is extraordinarily beautiful. The, yeah, it, it is gorgeous to look at. It is really uncomfortable to read. It's really mm-hmm. like it. I don't. I don't feel like it's exploitative. Like, I don't want, like, I don't want to say that. I just, because I don't think that it's trying to, like, make this, like, this is not a sexy book. It's the opposite. It is deeply mm. disturbing and uncomfortable, but you are, you know, you, the protagonists are these, these young girls and they, you're trying to, you're following them as they're trying to get away from this cult that they are in effect, effectively. And like, God knows what, what time period we're in, like prehistory like 10 like 5000 bc or whatever the i you know around the beginning of the bible um it's just not pleasant at all there's no there's Mm. not a moment in this book 
that I am having fun while I'm reading. I'm going, I'm, I'm looking at the art and going, man, this is beautiful. I'm reading it and going, this is a compelling story that's really fucked up and disturbing, really well told. Like it, it's structurally very, like it's Jason Aaron. He knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. It's, but at the end of the day, I go, the world is bad right now. I don't know if I have the appetite for this. Mm-hmm. That's effectively what my answer for, I don't know what buy or do not buy where this ends up, but I will read a trade of this yeah. in a year or two. This is, this is when they say art should comfort the disturbed and disturb the comfortable. That's about where we're at. This is, this book is disturbing the comfortable. This is a horrible reality. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. So, it is fascinating to look at, though. Yes. It's, it is it is very European. It does definitely mm-hmm. remind me of a lot of the mm-hmm. those, those books. Um, I, Some I, of the character designs feel directly, directly like it, it looks like Mobius came back from hell and drew it. You know, Mobius is in hell. Hell's nicer than you think it is, though. I've never been, so... Uh-huh. When you're going through hell, keep going. That's the quote that I saw in Call of Duty splash screens every time I died. Call of Duty 2, I think. God bless. Uh, I guess... I I don't know what that means. Like, I'm gonna buy the trade in, like, a year or mm-hmm. two. That's what I'm... That's my... That's what I say I'm today. Yeah. I think that that's a good enough recommendation. It's not a do not buy um, because it's bad. It's a it's a buy it later when you've got when when you can read stuff that's horrible again. Yes, exactly. Um, I don't have the taste for it too much at the moment. No, I feel like this this upset me less than uh, the thought of reading Grant Morrison's uh, Batman. Yeah, but that that upsets me. I don't. I think Grant Morrison's Batman is much easier to read than the goddamned. I'm gonna. It might just be the it. You, like you might not understand everything that's happening, you, mm. but you would. I don't think it would upset you as much. So that's a double buy it later. We're we're adding to the canon of the of the variety of buy it double buys we can do. We it's our show. We decide what works. So we're double buy it later. Uh, next book is hindsight number one. Written in a letter by Ken Jansen's, art by Igor Desik, colored by Demog... Demog... I've never seen this a name like this. Demogosh... Demogosh? Crip. I apologize. If I, I probably butchered it, but that's the best I could do. That is that is indeed a, a mouthful of letters that I've not seen together before. I wonder where this person is from. I don't know. What is happening in this comic book art? That is the correct review of this comic book. I don't think it's very good. No, I don't either. I, I. This is too, too, like a frame story narrative or something, but the connection isn't terribly clear and people's motivations aren't terribly clear and it's just, just not great. Doesn't make a lot of sense. Starts with two men at a coin convention. Mm-hmm. Dude just beats the shit out of him and runs away. Yeah. And then he time travels into the past 
to stop Jack the Ripper, but all the issue is just getting him getting there with the little like a uh, wafy a little uh, Oliver Twist kid, a little mm-hmm. a little rapscallion, I think. And then we're following like this con artist guy in the present who was a cop and he's the shithead. I don't know what's happening. That's really the answer is I don't all this. I, I say those things. That's what I think's happening. I don't know that, though. Those are just that's conjecture. I can tell you what's happening. I'm closing this comic and not ever going to think about it again. <laughs> that's what's happening. Yeah, you need. I don't I don't know what's happening in this comic book. And that's a bad thing. I think that mm-hmm. is that is a very good a review of this comic book is i don't know what's going on so you, i need to know that thing that's important step number one um i'm gonna I'm do not buy if that's unclear yeah uh, i think it doesn't really need to be too complicated we can dissect it more but it is still it's just not no bye bye <laughs> bye bye not bye mm-hmm. bye as in wave your hand hello goodbye not Buy. Yeah. Do not buy. Oh yeah, that is. Those words do sound the same. They, they're don't they're they? the same word uh, when you yeah. say them. Homonym. Oh. That's a double do not buy on hindsight. Number one. Last book of the week is Devil's Highway. Number one, written by Benjamin Percy, art by Brent Chunover, colors Nick Filardi, letters Sal Cipriano. Don't really like this one either. No. No. Uh, what 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 what's uh what 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 are your complaints? This is Southern Bastards more in medias res without any of the emotional gut punches where the main character just shows up and it's like, I'm undercut McTuff girl. And I think that like your entire appreciation for this comic is hinged on you liking undercut McTuff girl. Which is an archetype I can like, but I hate this character. <laughs> I don't care for this. This is stupid. I don't take any joy from this book. It's it at is all. it is the you know the 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 broad stru- the broad story is trucker serial killer. Mm-hmm. So you look at that and you're like, okay, well, how do you enter into that story? How do you how do you give us a a perspective character? You know who is your perspective character? Okay, well it's this this lady who used to live in this place, whose dad owns a diner, who is killed, and she comes back to investigate. You're like, okay, like it's a quick way to get into the story, which I can appreciate that. You know, it's like, oh, we're getting right into it, right into the investigation, but I feel like this book wants us to think like really wants us to I, I think some people probably don't care like if it's a serial killer story with spooky weird stuff going on they don't care about anything else they will still read it i follow enough hard people who are just like oh serial killers i ah, nom, 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 nom. They just eat it all up they don't care quality mm-hmm. they're just like give it all to me and i used to be like that like 19 year old robbie would love this 34 year old robbie is like Eh, I like I could. It's fine. Like I don't think I dislike it as much as you do. Um, I mean there are worse books on the planet. Yes, but this is not a good book. 
I feel like it's really hinging on the fact that you're, oh, you're gonna get really you're it's a look at this. There's an Ouroboros on these people's chests, and then a snake crawls out, and that's gonna hook you. Like I would, like you had said, Eric, if Undercut McTuff Girl, if I had a little bit more to latch onto, other than she is literally mm-hmm. just Undercut McTuff Girl, that would be more compelling to me at this point. I think that's like it, I I feel like that's the thing that is always reliable when you're when you're approaching a story is am i interested in these characters like sometimes a really cool gimmick a really cool story hook is enough and you don't who cares if the characters are a little thin or tropey but if you make a character that is relatable and i care about them and their flaws are interesting and they but they still are you know they're vulnerable we talk about that a lot and i think that's the what I actually like my complaint, she there's no vulnerability here. You know, she is mm-hmm. just the well, there's no character she, at all. Like she's sad that her dad died. Well great. Who wouldn't be? She's sad, she's tough. Uh she she's is, got an undercut and she's McTuff girl. She investigates stuff? Like I wish like I She th- smokes tiny cigarettes. That's the, I think that's the thing that actually I question, I'm like, why is she able to, like, she just, nav- she's navigating all these systems really easily. She's like, let mm-hmm. me see that videotape and I'm going to study the autopsies and I'm going to have a, a, like, is she a detective? What, like, tell me, like, I want to know all that stuff. Like, why is she able to do all these things out of nowhere? Like, I, can, why, I, can we just follow her getting to the crime scene and then that we have a little bit of a connection to her? Like, I don't know. Uh, I feel like it's caught between being a pulp story and being like a detective story and doesn't, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, yeah, I, 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 it's like, I don't know. I, I think I'm going to err on the side of do not buy. Like, I don't, it's, it's yeah, not, it's, it's, it's not, not nece- good. it's not necessary. I don't know. I usually like Ben Percy a lot. So I don't know. Maybe this is just one that's. I whiffed on this one. It happens. It does. What was I going to say? I don't remember. So double do not buy devil's highway. Number one. That's it for books this week. Uh, we'll talk about. We'll have more of them next time, theoretically. Theoretically. Theoretically, but we'll get. We'll, I said that before. I've said many times. Oh, there will be books next week, and then one time there weren't. So I, I don't want to say that ever again. I'm like, yeah, there'll be. There's always comic books. I'm like, no, there weren't for a while, for a month or two. There were no, except for like really small indie books. Um, but we move on to our next segment. It's time for checking in. Checking in is the part of the show where Eric and I talk about what we've been doing for the past couple of weeks, uh, things we've done, seen, played, heard, whatever, experiences, I don't know, whatever we feel like talking about, news, time to time, if it's important. Uh, Eric, I see in the notes here, you bought an arcade cabinet. Mm-hmm. Did you ever see my old arcade cabinet? Mm. I feel like we were friends when I would have still had it. What was it? It was a silkworm cabinet, but it had like a old Windows MAME computer inside it. I do not remember it. Doesn't mean I did not see it. I guess it would have been, I would have been getting rid of it roughly the the time when we were getting to be closer. But um, I've missed having an arcade cabinet and had kind of dreamed of the concept of having a cool artistically produced arcade cabinet for my uh, studio space and for people to mess around with and me as well uh, but for people to use at art walks and to catch people's eye i mean the uh, the andre the giant 
wood cutout that I made uh, was similarly part of that, you know, sort of vision of having these really imposing looking things in the room to draw people in. Um, but I want to refurb this. It's in reasonably good shape, but there's a lot of stuff that needs fixing and changing. And it's all stuff that I was planning to redo anyway. So for what it is, it's a bargain. There's probably $500 of equipment in it and it runs. It plays Tekken 2 right now, but the buttons are a little sticky. Um, it's an excuse to hyper-focus and learn about all kinds of weird shit. Like I spent today learning about JAMA wiring and whether or not I, I'm, I'm spending way too much brain power trying to figure out how I want to build my, um, my retro gaming system inside it and how I want to wire up my buttons and build this and build that. And it's a lot of fun things to think about, but I will burn myself out thinking about it because it is by nature, very interesting to me. I want to learn to learn to wire things up to a JAMA harness even though I don't think I can use that for my <laughs> ultimate goal. It's just neat. JAMA is a, um, it's like a standard. Mm -hmm. And 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 basically, they, I forget the acronym, but it's like Japan something. I'm very um, vaguely familiar with Arcade Guts yeah. because I follow people who are very familiar with Arcade Guts. You send all of their names to me, I will consume everything they do but like the, the wiring is not that simple into a uh a jamma harness but the standard means that whatever board plugs into the harness the board can control the power supply the uh the joysticks and buttons the monitor and all the like everything is basically hooked into one thing um and is interchangeable. Like right now, with the way this thing is set up, I could buy a seventy or eighty dollar um, Mame system on a JAMA kit and plug it right in, and have a retro gaming experience with a couple hundred ROMs on it. Like just buying a seventy or eighty dollar peripheral, have a retro gaming experience right away. Um, but you know, I, I am probably going to have a retro pie set up. Um, and I'm, I don't know, I'm figuring all these things out. It'll probably be to a CRT television set up inside there. So we're, we're going to see, I'm, I'm figuring out, figuring it out and kind of obsessing about it and trying to not let myself think about anything just to, I need to think about other things too. <laughs> I, I need, I, I still need to be able to cook and clean and, and all these other things and not just obsess about arcade cabinets again. It's uh, nice to have interests and not just focus on one thing all I have, day. I have, I have set up my own retro pie this week. So I've been, good for you. I've been, tinkering with my i need to i've been looking at all the different little all the things that people have made for it and it's really interesting okay so oh no here we go so 
I'm just sitting on my TV. I am not building anything. Yes, like, yeah, I, that's the thing. You do not have to be an insane person the way that I am. Because another thing that I'm wildly obsessed with right now, and I'm just going to talk about it. Okay, go ahead. So there is a thing that people are doing um, because the way emulators work is basically there is software. There's like a, a layer of software and an engineer could probably you know, correct me on this. I'm going to say a bunch of things wrong. I'm going to give you my sort of layman's understanding of what happens. But emulators, there's like a layer of software that pretends to be hardware and handles requests uh, so that the computer that it's running on can, you know, simulate the environment that the ROM needs to run. And because of this nature of pretending to be a thing it has some latency it has some lag um in some games where you need a lot of fast twitch input like i played through some of the harder levels in mario world recently on my raspberry pi 3b plus or whatever it is do you have a four what did you get i got a four yes the fours are pretty awesome and i've not played around with my four too much yet but it's throwing a lot of hardware like, I've owned many computers that are shittier than the highest-end Raspberry Pi that you can get for 70 bucks or whatever. Um, but because its software emulated this hardware, by its very nature, it's slow. So people are building um, new retro-style hardware to hardware emulate and reverse engineering some of these old systems. Probably the coolest thing that people are figuring out, they're using these things called field programmable gate arrays, FPGAs, that is basically, you can think of it like the hardware, the circuitry that is used in these old systems is kind of hard-coded, like it's basically set up and permanent. The FPGAs, you can send code to them and then they perform a certain way. So they're basically reprogrammable hardware. So people are writing hardware instructions for these things to more accurately emulate these old systems. And it's evolved into this thing called the Mr. Project, which is it's incredibly accurately emulating the hardware on this FPGA. Um but like of multiple systems and shit that you wouldn't even think mm -hmm. that they would do. Like they, they emulated some of the oldest computers in existence and someone wrote new code for it. And like they sent the code to a computer, a computing museum who ran the code on the actual hardware and it worked. So like these people are just like obsessed and, and, and doing such insane, brilliant stuff. I've watched, I've watched, uh, uh, again, I follow uh, Jeff Gersman, who runs Giant Bomb. He is right. He has a Mister, and he has done streams oh, yeah. where he's used a lot, and he talks on their podcast a lot about oh, yeah. the the many crazy things like you just mentioned oh, yeah. that people it's are awesome. building for it. Oh yeah, some of it, some of it. Like I, I watched a, a story. I'm trying to think what it was. I think it was Neo Geo because. I think it was Neo Geo, but it, like 
something about like the Neo Geos, like the hardware, like it had all these, all of these very esoteric chips. And there was this guy who wanted to produce replacement parts. So he was like with a laser stripping down these chips and reading, reading the, you know, the circuitry inside the chip and transcoding it into whatever in the fuck. Like, I don't know. This is some low level engineering shit that I don't really understand, but because he did all this insane, tedious work, he just handed it all open source over to the Mr. Project. So there's like extremely perfect Neo Geo emulation, um, which is uh, just incredible. Like, really super like nearly frame accurate like they say like 69 or 59 out of 60 frames like 59 plus you know like like nearly like fractions of 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 lag per second like almost nothing and they feel like they can get things closer so i really like i want to i am i'm looking into buying crts and um I will be building myself a mister at some point because uh, it doesn't look that hard. It's not as nice and slick and friendly as a uh, as the Raspberry Pi front ends are. But the idea of um, being able to play like a more accurate uh, game of Mario or being able to hear the correct sounds from a Genesis emulator or from Chrono Trigger from that matter because that's part of it too. They can emulate the hardware for the sounds that much more accurately. They're very proud of the, the accuracy of the, the mega drive, the Genesis, you know, they'll play you that, that famous streets of rage Two music, but it's just so goddamn neat. <laughs> and people, you, you, you pop every time I say the word neat, you just think of me holding a potato you're very cute. Um, I appreciate it. Um, the 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 people that are obsessed with retro gaming, like I just I don't know. I just love it. There's a great, like I didn't appreciate how great he is, but he's a YouTube channel called Smoke Monster, and I've learned so much neat shit from listening to this guy Gab. Like his knowledge is really deep about something that should seem completely trivial, but is very complex and very interesting. Learning about about uh, PVMs and RGB output, it's just fascinating. It's wild that this shit goes as deep as it does. Anyway, this is this is what the hamster wheel in my head is stuck on. How are you doing? I I have a lot of I have a lot of stuff to talk about this week. I have got a video game. Hey Eric, I played a video game. Sounds good. It it is good. It's a good video game. It's called Hard Space Shipbreaker. It's on Steam and early access. Mm. I believe it's twenty twenty five dollars. I think I bought it on sale for twenty, but I think it's twenty five. It's a, it's a good cadence to that Hard Space Shipbreaker. It is, it's an extension, I've I've checked in in the past with uh, Viscera Cleanup Detail, where you are a space janitor, Mm -hmm. and all that entails, like, literally it is menial work of cleaning up guts 
on like in science fiction and horror movies. And this is an extension of it is another game where you are doing menial labor in space where you are uh, uh, you are some poor, some poor, terrible person who's in in the far future with incredible amounts of debt to some terrible company. And your job is to break apart decrepit old spaceships. And so you have like a welding torch and you have uh, like a grappling gun, kind of a tether gun, really. It's not it's not gravity based like a Half-Life, but it's like a tether that you can that is physics based and it is really interesting. It's fun to play with, but you're basically you start with little tiny ships. And then as you, you work your way up and you earn more money, you get bigger and bigger and bigger ships with more parts. But you're basically like taking apart, like literally you're you have you 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 have 15 minute shifts you fly out you have a little jetpack you're in the you're in space in like a interstellar shipyard uh floating above a planet somewhere and you just you go over to the ship and you cut apart the all the welds and all the you know what parts you can cut across some of the ships have uh really uh dangerous nuclear cores and or terrible warp drives or whatever and if you disrupt them they will explode and kill you uh, luckily, there are there are clones of you uh, that you get charged for every time you die. Um, uh, but it's like there's no story like there's like you can recover like data files from the ship that will give you like very vague, like little like little tiny like micro science fiction stories about from different people's experiences. But there's not a story. Your sto- The story is go cut apart the spaceship. Uh, I usually use it. It's like a very meditative game. It's very much like, I want to listen to a podcast or I want to watch a YouTube video. I don't really have to pay attention to this game. I just do the things and it's enjoyable to like, literally, like you're just cutting off these massive pieces of metal off the ship and then you tether them so they get pulled into a furnace and then they disappear and you see like a little tally go up in the corner and a little computer voice says, asset acquired or something every time you do it (laughs) or you or some of the some of the stuff you have to shoot into like a giant barge uh other things you know there's different places for different kinds of parts uh some of there's some of the ships are pressurized so you have to depressurize them before you cut a hole in them or otherwise they basically make the ship rip itself apart and kill you because if you get hit by a piece of metal that weighs 300 tons and moving at a very fast speed you're gonna die uh, and you'll have to get a clone, and that's part of the game. Is very much like, oh shit, I pulled that, I put a tether on that thing, and now it's whipping right at me. Oh, I'm dead. Uh, but it's fun still. Like even dying is fun. I believe you start the game with a trillion dollars in debt, so it takes a while to work that off. But I, I think if I just by describing that game, you know if you want to play it or not. Like anyone it out looks, there, it looks it looks great. It's it's very like it's like it it is like you're that you know like a lot of science fiction novels start off with you're that kind of character you're like the blue mm-hmm. collar whatever shipbreaker or whatever and then you go off on some fantastical adventure in this there is no fantastical adventure you're just the guy who mm-hmm. cuts apart a spaceship um I recommend it I I've had a lot of fun with it uh I have I don't know if you've heard about this Eric the new the new email service called Hey. Okay, I have not heard about this. Okay, uh, I've seen. I saw. I was. I was alerted. I was. I saw it in uh, Will Smith's feed. Uh, mm-hmm. Not that Will Smith. 
different different will smith the will smith who has the twitter handle will smith but everyone who thinks whenever they don't pay attention they think it's it's you know that will smith but he's not that will smith but he's uh you know he's been on he was a part of the tested team for a very long time oh that guy yeah yeah uh he he looks a lot like adam savage and everyone confuses him for that even though he's friends with adam savage they both they've worked together uh in with tested and uh he 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 is a he currently has a tech podcast he does twitch streams he think he runs his own vr company although i don't know how much i have no i'm not keeping up with how well his company is doing i know they've they've shifted to a lot of different things um but hey is a new uh a new email service uh it was it's just now in public uh public access like you can sign up for it now you get a two-week free trial um in june it was you had to apply to get in now it's public Uh, i've had it for like five days now uh there is a demo on youtube given by one of the leaders of the one of the uppers of the company that that's i watched that video it's like 30 minutes long and basically just outlines how their email system works and it is very different than i think a lot of people i mean i'm certainly one of them who has like a very set idea of like this is how email works like in gmail let's say which is like the default by for a lot of people but regardless of what you use it feels like it's there's a default you know that you expect this is how email works i'm gonna get it to work like this and then you watch the demo and he's like well and he's like why do we do all these things why do you do this and this and this and this and this i'm not going to try and explain their whole everything it is but it largely like the i I can give you like the 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 big bullet points is like they're the first thing that they talk about is you have your inbox which is not inbox but inbox meaning important uh that's the first thing that pops up when you use it um the first time anyone emails you regardless of who it is it could be your best friend or it could be a company or it could be a newsletter or it could be spam first time anyone emails you if it gets to their spam filters that is you go to a section called the screener and you go to the screener and the you click on do you want to receive email from this person ever again and you say yes or no if you say no you never get email from that that email address ever again if you say yes you can just say yes and it will go to your inbox every time or you can say yes and specify which different area it goes to because there's not only the inbox there's also two other areas generally I mean, you can also filter stuff and you can also label stuff just like in Gmail, but there is the the feed, which is where where you would ideally you put your newsletters. You send all your newsletters, all your news, anything that is like you you would read at length, it will go directly to your feed. The feed is it works like you know, it works like feeds do nowadays where you scroll endlessly it's like an endless scroll until you get to the bottom of all the your emails in there and so you can read them all at once basically one after the other you don't click individual emails in the feed it's just literally here's the newsletter here's a newsletter here's a newsletter here's the new york times here's here's uh one of your create one of your one of your comic book creators that you follow you read their newsletter here's here's tech updates from whatever company you like all in a row you click and you just read through your feed like you read a newspaper. And then finally, there is the paper trail, which is free receipts. Hey, I bought a thing and they send me an email and I I kind of want that email. Like I like to have it without going to their website, maybe. 
if you do, if you're that kind of person. But you don't you only need it when you need it. Like, I don't need that Amazon return number until I have to return something to Amazon. So I'm not going to I don't need that in my inbox. I don't need that in front of my face all the time. So I, when I, I need that stuff, when I want to find the shipping update on something or confirm confirmation that I bought something, I go to the paper trail. And then you can also have you can also put emails in reply later or set aside. So I, I know I want to reply to this. I don't have time right now. Put reply later. So and then if you put a bunch of emails there, they'll all be there all the same, all the same time, all on the same screen with their own reply fields. And then maybe you don't need you don't need necessarily reply to an email, but you you're gonna need that info. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, maybe in three days you'll need that info. I'm gonna set it aside. And I know it's in that set aside area. And until I move it out of there, it's gonna stay there. Um and you can do any of this. It's very customizable. You can move things, you decide where things go, you decide where contacts go, you can create threads from different Let's say I'm I in my own per- here's a personal example anecdote is I'm sent out invites to a D and D game for for on roll twenty and it's for I'm getting re- I'm getting replies back from different people I don't need them all be disconnected from each other so they're in one thread I just and I just I click on them and say merge so I'm, those emails are now basically a single email and they're gonna be they're merged um, I've used it for a few days now it's really useful it's really it makes it so much faster uh to parse all my different emails and you know the there you can do all this stuff manually theoretically like in gmail you can do that but this does all that work for you it also doesn't let anyone take any of your data you know whenever you click on emails a lot of the emails will collect your data and send it back to different companies this will this blocks all of that and they don't and they themselves it's a paid service if you want to subscribe it's a hundred dollars for a year which you know i think that price alone is going to turn off a lot of people who are would be it's a lot for email it is a lot that but you know there there is the and like they, they say it is part of the the demo it's very much like the reason gmail is free because you are the product mm-hmm. and you know i you know there's i am kind of i'm getting to the point where you know a lot of people don't have this luxury but if I want, if I'm, if I, if I think something's important, I should pay for it. And I do a lot of stuff on email. And if you don't use a lot, if you don't use email a lot, then whatever, you don't need this. You can keep using Gmail or whatever. If you use a lot, if you use email a lot, I would at least check it out. Try the trial. You know, if you don't like it after 14 days, you're done. But I've, I've, I've really, I've really liked it so far. I have not subscribed yet. I'm going to let my trial go through and see how I feel. If this is more like, more like Slack and less like Google Wave or Google Wage, that's a throwback that no one remembers but me. Um, I could see some value to this because I thought Slack might have been stupid too, but too many people were talking about how useful it is. An email is very broken. This doesn't really solve a lot of the problems that are with email, but I don't know. It sounds very inbox zero. Yes, that is exactly why I like it. It is very like I spend too much time of my life like moving things around or clicking markers red or like move like oh I want to make sure I have this but I don't need it now. I need to remember it for now. Blah blah blah. And I don't. And then oh well, I'd make a label for it, but then I'm not going to use that label. Then like after a week from now, why would I? Why am I doing that? And so 
I don't know. This solves a lot of those problems for me so far. Um, and like, I, I don't know. I watched that demo. It was very compelling. Like, uh, like that guy was a good salesman and Will Smith. He's very up. He's very on top of tech issues. He's a very smart guy. I trust him a lot um, with broad tech issues and he was immediately really smitten with it. So I, that's why I checked it out. He probably also gets 10 times the amount of email I get or probably mm-hmm. or a thousand times the amount of email I get, whatever. Finally, Eric, one more thing. See, I said I had a lot. I have a book coming this out. Is, this, is, this is what you should have started with. Probably. I could just edit it so it's first. Um, uh, this, this, is a, this is a good enough topper. Yeah. Uh, this, a, is, this is what you walk away remembering. I have a, yeah, I have a book. Yeah, it's first or last. That's generally the, it is do it first or do it last. Those are, um, I have a book coming out called War on Halloween. It's releasing on July 26th. The pre-orders are available now. Um, you should go check it out. It's a spooky Halloween story um, for fans of... Of spooky things. A spooky Halloween story set in small towns like Stranger Things or Stephen King's It. It has a big cast. Something about a... Here, here. I, I this time, Eric, I came prepared with my one-sentence elevator pitch. So give me a grade after I'm done, okay? Uh, let's see. War on Halloween. It's a suspense horror story about a family fighting for Halloween in a town controlled by a sinister reverend with secret occult powers. It's very concise. It is. That's I like it. it. Okay, thank you. I, I, I'm do. I'm getting better at it. I think it's hard. Being concise is difficult. <laughs> you know, I, um, I, I have my own tendency towards verbosity, uh, towards putting a million lines on a page. And sometimes the, the, the simplest way you can get away with doing something is often the best. Sometimes going ham on something and really making it a lot can be good, but, but simplicity is hard. It is. I, it, is, it takes a lot of talent. I, uh, I like it a lot, and I uh, encourage anyone listening to go check it out. Uh, you can read it for free when it comes out on Kindle Unlimited if you are a subscriber. Um, it's also three ninety nine ebook, eleven ninety nine for the paperback. You ready to talk about Nick Fury and Shield and Hydra and God <laughs> knows what else? The Kraken. <laughs> yeah, I know you love the Kraken, Eric. I know he's your favorite, right? No. Okay. <laughs> okay. That's what I, I mean. That's no. I knew that's what you would say, probably. So that's why I asked. Uh, we can move on to our final segment. It's time for Nerd Book Club. Nerd Book Club is the part of the show where Eric and I sign a longer collected work and discuss it in depth like you would a book in a book club, except it's a comic book. This week, we are talking about Secret Warriors from 2009. There are a couple different iterations of Secret Warriors. Um, we're talking about written by Jonathan Hickman with art by Stefano Caselli and Alessandro Vitti. Um, it is a... It is a... S.H.I.E.L.D. versus HYDRA layers within layers Jonathan Hickman type story it is it it is and it is I think I I read it back in the day as like shortly after it was done like 2012 2011 right basically after we were started like when I was thinking about doing this podcast Mm -hmm. 
that's when I was like, I was like, I should, we need to do a, I need to do a podcast. Oh, I, I I'm this Eric guy. He seems like he could do, he would do a podcast with me if I bug him <laughs> enough. Uh, and this you is, did, you did, you did not really lean on me that hard. Okay. Um, but this is one of those books I was reading that was like, oh man, I like one of the, like one of those creatives, creators that I was like Hickman at that time was very much like, oh, I'm going to start getting into him and reading a lot of the different things he'd done up into that point. Uh, at which point we have kind of covered sig- a significant chunk of that. We've done, you know, done nightly news and we've done Fantastic Four. We've done, mm-hmm. you know, we've read a lot of his Avengers and, you know, Infinity and all that stuff. Um, this is a Nick Fury story. I think I, I don't like it as much as I used to. Yeah, I don't like it at all. At all? Really? Okay. At all. I th- I don't think, like, we've definitely read far worse comics than this i would say at best this is rambly and bland like i i just feel like it throws everything at you and if there was honestly i was exhausted by the way the story was told by the end of the first book and then there were five more Like there was, there's just, there's just too fucking much. It jumps around a lot. It does. It a does. Lot. And it, there's, there's all these characters and, you know, for the, for the pile of like dumpster fire than it is, like, it's not badly written. Like there's good character voices and from what I can decipher from this insanity, like there's interesting like there's there's thought put into character there's motivation but like there's just so much that like the whole crux of the first book is that whoopsie doodle secretly shield has been a hydra thing all along and then at the end the big twist is that's not true i've been the smart boy this whole time and I win. I'm Nick Fury. And it's just like, just, uh, oh, God. <laughs> I like love, the, I, I'm going to say, Eric, it still works on me. I still like the, I, I like the, I love the ending. I mean, that's, that's not really the fine. ending, quote unquote. But Do you know what? It, 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 it makes me think of the heist episode of Rick and Morty. Like it's. Is that newer? Yeah. Or is that an older one? It is the, the latest season. I have not seen it's it. It's the one where I, I know you're, you're a conscientious objector, but this is making fun of heist movies where someone just like writes backwards from the end and puts a lot of twists and shit and stuff. And, and it comes off as if it's like clever or deep or something, but it's, it, it feels so shallow to me. I don't know. They, they kept quoting you son of a bitch. I'm in. It's a very good gag. Um, the whole time I was reading this, I was just thinking about that meme where the guy says, yo, I'm straight up not having a good time. And that's about <laughs> that's about where I was reading all of this. It's like on the first was it, is it the first page. I'm going to jump back to it. I don't know. I read this in paper. I have I have I have this collected in. Yeah. So I bet I read it on paper. So it looks like, yes, this is the literal first page of this is red-haired douchebag saying the most awful incel bullshit I've ever heard. And this is how this character is introduced. I'm supposed to like this guy after this. Which, <laughs> he which, sucks 
so bad. Which one is this? This is douchebag chain guy. I I, I, I have not endeared really to any of these characters. Well, I mean, I I, I know I'm I just need to I'm curious who you're talking about. I don't I don't have my it's, comic it's book. It's douchebag chain guy. I feel that, like that describes his personality really well. He's uh, the super douchey guy, and he swings fire chains around. Oh, the of the the of the the team. Okay. Yeah, he's I mean, on literally on page one, talking to shit what's her name fucking daisy what a weird name daisy i like daisy i don't have a problem with daisy the fact that she's supposed to be 19 is just unnerving to me it's so strange i think the i think the trade is my trade is different than the trade on comiXology because my first Could be. my first book my first page is them at in in d-day what is d-day like literally war War Two. it is captain america leading the howling commandos into d-day from the first my first volume one page one is the first panel is d-day them so have we read a completely different thing now i read what was what you bought well i mean that's i didn't fucking comiXology let me look let me i mean let me make sure i'm looking at the right thing again they they admitted this (laughs) yeah like that is i have a i have a like a little preamble that's like eight pages before that that is mm-hmm. that is basically introducing the idea of Captain America. Captain America, you know, takes one man. That one man can win a war, which is that a theme that comes up throughout the books. Like it's about yes, you know, be it, that to, that one man. In my reading, that does not come until much later. That is the, literally the there's, first there's thing that very happens. Charming, the, the very charming part where they go to a, a barbecue and invite Captain America. It's very cute. Yes, the, the literally like the first thing is. In in my book is which I don't know why the hell you would admit this, but it's it's like it is then and now it's yeah, kind of just 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 eliminate a major theme of the book. That's fine. It's like literally the first thing, and it's it's it is kind of it's Captain America giving a speech to all the talent commandos, including Dum Dum and Nick, and all those guys are right there, and he's they're about to land on the beach in Normandy. And then it cuts to the present day in the situation Nick Fury's in where Norman Osborn is in control of S.H.I.E.L.D. And obviously, and, and Captain America is dead. So he's standing in front of the memorial of Captain America. And Nick, and it, like his Nick, it's, and then it cuts to Nick Fury giving a speech to his team, which includes Daisy and all the, the kids. And he's like, we need to, and he's like, give him the rah-rah. There, we, one man can win a war here. We need to take the country. We need to take S.H.I.E.L.D. back from Norman Osborn. Well, I'm glad that they chose to eliminate that very critical, thematically important scene to cut to uh, Captain Incel. Hellfire. Giving a speech. J.T. That dude sucks. He does. He does suck a lot. I, 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 he is a, a, definitely a weak point. In a lot of ways, more than one way. <laughs> he's 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 he is uh, he has go away heat. <laughs> mm-hmm. He is, and like I said, I don't like this. I still like it, and in fact, I like it because of Nick Fury. That's why I like this book. I like Nick Fury, and that's primarily why I enjoy this. I like. Yeah, th- this is not the best Nick Fury story that we've read no, for this podcast. That's the problem. Like that's what I was going to say is. I also not read Nick Fury. I not read Fury Max when I first read this, and Fury Max is incredible. I think we even said we I mean, we it's were way better than this. We raved about. I mean, it, it's. I think it, it's the art is great. 
it's concise, and it's a Max book. And this story, like, even putting everything else aside about it, like, it should be shorter, and there's a bunch of crossover shit that goes on in it, which I think takes away from a lot of different things. Any, like, even with all that there, if you made this, if this was a Max book and you let just Nick Fury be a little bit dirtier and let him curse and let him actually, like, be more, like, I don't know, it doesn't need to be explicit or anything. Like, Fury Max wasn't, I don't think, that explicit. It was just a little bit filthier around the edges and it had curse words in it. Like, just that, that alone would make this book better. But then you add in the fact that Nick Fury Max is just 12 issues and it's like a nice, concise statement. Um, I think this book is also like you we we even said this at the beginning of this podcast. We're like, oh, it's 2009. It's both very long ago and not that long ago. And it I mean, it feels it feels like a story that was like if you read this more in that time period, I could see you liking this because of lack of option. Yeah, like you. And that's the thing. Like there is this, you know, in Marvel Comics. We we talk about a lot what Hawkeye did and what Miss Marvel mm-hmm. did and what they did in superhero comics and what they allowed what types of stories to thrive. And we've gotten more and better comic books in greater number than ever before. I mm-hmm. and this was in two thousand nine, it was oh, this is different. This is big. This is like big giant story about the history of Marvel comics and how Shield has worked and how Nick Fury has worked and like there weren't that there weren't other Nick Fury stories in current Marvel Day at the time. I loved Nick Fury as a kid. Like I read Strange Tales when it was Nick Fury comics with Jim Steranko. And I I liked them then cuz I was a child. Um they're still striking in in certain ways. But this is like, oh man, this is Nick Fury and he gets to be like dirty and superhero comics. Neat. It's really interesting, and it has the Hickman stuff of, like, all these interweaving stories all crossing over and stuff, and you're like, oh, and there's swerve he, after swerve after swerve. He did he did not need to do any of that shit. No, I agree with you. I think that, I mean, one, I think some of this is just faltering because of, like, the so many, so many different crossovers that you have to, like, mm-hmm. are just happening, and you're like, well, why are we talking? Like, it feels like the, he felt like he had to address it, because... And the very fact that, like, the, even even when I, like, you didn't get that little preamble, Eric, that eight-page whatever, it ends up not mattering because Norman Osborn just kind of vanishes halfway through this story because it ended. Because Siege happened, and that was the last of the, you know, all the terror after Civil War, all the fallout of that. And then, like, it's good. Those, that era of Civil War, then Secret Invasion, and Siege, and... All those things happened. And, you know, I'm not going to say we shouldn't have those because then we wouldn't get Frankencastle. I, we're all doing it for Frankencastle. We're all doing it for, for sure. I, I also, I did, like, I, I read I read through all this in one night. I just was like, I started it on a whim and I just was like, I need to keep going. I keep going. I like, I like the, 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 I don't know. Hickman has a, his, has his claws at me. Those, those. This is, this is not the best Hickman. No, it's not. I would I would put this barely above the nightly news, honestly. This is he's too green here. I mean, I think it is his first big like he's he I'm trying to think. I think this is his first big superhero, first big Marvel crossover, lots of stuff happening book. And you can see like he still does a lot of this stuff, 
but it's more reserved and it feels more measured. And it feels a lot of this time it's like jumping around just for the sake of it. Like, let's yeah. move, let's keep it moving fast. Let's just keep doing stuff. Like, oh yeah, there's the Hydra team, and then there's Leviathan, and then there's also the the bad superheroes, and then there's also our team, and then there's also two other teams, and then there's all this other shield nonsense that's the history. Like, there's this wheel within wheels, and we have to know yeah, about fuck all fuck fuck all that noise. That's ridiculous. <laughs> I kind of like that's it. Ri- that's fucking ridiculous. Who cares? Who cares? I mean, I'm gonna hear. Oh my god, who I, cares? I I, I kind of care. It, I kind of like it it, it. it 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 wasn't fun at all. I like, I like uh, some of it. I'm not going to say all of it. Yeah, I mean, I like some of it too, but like, god damn, son. (laughs) Oh, Jesus. I I enjoyed it. I don't, I think it, it, it would be better without, if it was just like, effectively, this is Hydra versus S.H.I.E.L.D. and a lot of secret agent nonsense going on. And mm-hmm. you could probably cut out 10 issues easily. There's, I mean, what? There's six and there's at least six issues in each book. There's 28. This That's is 28, 28 issues. Is it only 28? It's 28. I know that first book was six. It was like, I felt like I was, oh my God, it was awful. <laughs> I, I'm traumatized by this. I've read worse comics, but goddamn son. I I like I like the I don't know there's a certain aspect of this which I really appreciate is the very fact that it's very comic booky like it's it's I think that that is a a thing that I really enjoy about it because as much as I reel against like oh it's dark and it's serious there's also a really a lot of silly shit in this book mm-hmm. really silly I'm stuff. here for more silly shit yeah and i think i wish like i like all that a lot and i think that's the stuff that i end up liking i don't i think i like it more now than i did then like the kraken and the weird uh tentacle cthulhu guy who i like him yeah it makes no sense it makes no sense uh there's that and like you know the double crosses and the backstabs it's all that's all interesting and fun uh it's i think it's just there's a lot and there's too much there's too much. I think there's a part of me that that likes all the extra terrible shit. I don't know why. It's because you read it when when there when you had you used to like this, so you do now. Uh, it's not it's not good, <laughs> and it's okay. No, I I think that it's not it's not that I don't know the ex- I want to say it's bad. I would say it's extraneous. It's not necessary. It feels like deleted scenes. I would call, I mean, that's not a bad take, but I'd still call it bad. It's like the the extra stuff on a a DVD where you go, like you watch him and you go, oh, that's interesting, but I understand why it's a deleted scene. It's six volumes of director, the director commentary. Yeah. And I I think also. I don't like I, you know, maybe for the thing that I love the most, like I'll watch that occasionally. Like I watch more director commentary and shit when i was like 22 or something but but now like i'm i'm sorry like there's a million brilliant amazing things (laughs) that i can experience every day and this is this is like drinking a cup of warm dishwater you know this is i i i've read worse stuff but the the 
the sin of this is it's it's not bad enough to be good and it's not good enough to be good and uh, it, it, it's the do you want to hear a joke that my dad always told i don't know do i no okay but i'm gonna tell you anyway <laughs> okay so there's this tribe wandering around in the desert and the elder comes to speak to them and he says we have a real problem we're out of food and we're gonna have to all eat camel shit and they say that's terrible he's like but i do have some good news and they say well what's that and so we have a lot of camel shit it's a good joke. I cannot tell you how many times my father has told me that joke. That's not a bad joke. I'll, I'll give him that. That's my not a bad joke. My dad tells good jokes. He's funny. Some of them were really horrible. Yeah. I mean, I think that it's, it is exactly, like, I think we've, we've read a lot of books from this era, and it's all, a lot of the time, it's very much like, man, comic books have changed a lot in 10 years. It's, it, you wouldn't think much about it at a like if you had a surface glance you're like they're roughly the same right superheroes punching stuff but the like general quality has gone up a lot there's more of them and they're generally all better than they would be yeah and this is it was starting here like in broadly you know there was it was changing for the better but this jt dude is absolute pits and i don't for a second buy that daisy would fall in love with him um no which, yeah no it it makes it makes zero sense. Like he's, it, it feels like we're very obviously being set up for the opposite thing in the beginning, you know, that, that they're going to be adversaries or he's just going to be this. It feels so weird and artificial that that's what it leads to. I like the, I like the Phobos Aries stuff, even though it's tangential. Um, I think that's a lot, largely just nostalgia because I, like Ares a lot in Marvel comics. He's, he was he was their their story was pretty good. Um him and his son and it was weird and fun. Mhm. It's 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 a a, a a nice way of writing writing them. What do you think about there's there's two primary artists, there's Stefano Caselli, which is his style is very comic booky, and then Vidi, which is much less so. I'm curious if you have any. Let me find a. Let me. Find, I need examples of these okay, two. I'm gonna, which, which book are we talking well, about? Book one is is Caselli. Okay. I'm gonna let me figure out which this book is being is. a. This is being a real jerk. What is comicsology? Okay. Well, yes, of course. Why? Yeah. The website that I use to look at the comic look at books. Mess. It's it, yeah. It's not great sometimes. Um, let me. I'll I'll find it. I'll tell you. I think book two is VD. So one is so, Caselli and two is VD, and they kind of all. When I'm looking v, at this, Vidi does the this most first, of it. But. I'm so distracted by the coloring in this first book that it very much feels it feels so dated. It feels just geriatric. Like no one colors like this anymore. It feels so clunky. So I was so distracted. Like it looks good, and the like. It's got big, overly dramatic character acting. You reminded me of um, why well, can't I think of his name? Um, uh, uh Madeira, uh, Madeira, Matt, Joe, Joe Mad, Mad, Joe Mad. Yeah, it reminded me of Joe Mad a little bit. I see that. I think it has a lot to do with the color. Honestly, this kind of color works for Joe Mad. Like Joe Mad, I don't know. Joe Joe Mad is a bunch of stuff that like it's so bad it goes all the way back around the dial to good. <laughs> And I hated Joe Mad. 
when I first saw him. And now, like, I look at it, and I'm like, this is kind of awesome. Like, it's just so stupid and over the top that I I have no choice but to like it. Navidi is closer to, like, a uh, Gabriel Hernandez Volta. Like, he's, mm-hmm. a, it's it's more, like, indie European style. And I didn't remember, I remember Caselli doing a lot more of this than he did. Caselli only did two of the six trades, and the rest, most of the rest is VD with a little bit, like, a guest appearance by Ed McGinnis. But I, I think the, like, it's, I don't know. I like the VD stuff a lot more nowadays than I probably did then. That's probably why I remember it that way because it is a, it's a, you know, I don't know, calling it more mature style or whatever, but it is an artier, it's a more artsy fartsy style. It feels like, and that's, I don't know. I, it's interesting. That's my, I just like my memory of it is very. So is he the work with the sort of watercolory? Yeah. Yes. Stuff going on. Yes. It is grittier. You know, it almost feels like Steve Dillon-esque. Yeah, yeah. Like, vaguely. I don't know, I think it, it it's, it. I think that's, it's the weird thing about this book is that it kind of broaches, because it has a, it's, it's spy stuff, you know, it's dirty spy stuff, so you think, oh, it'd be a gritty, gritty art mm-hmm. style would be suitable. But then there's also really ridiculous superhero stuff with the Kraken and the, and the two swords and giant, bat, <sighs> like, dumb punching, you know? Which that was seals more suitable for the Caselli style, but it's I don't know. It's interesting that that's what the two are uh, of this uh, of this six books are, and I think that's I don't know. That's a thing that Hickman continues to do is use multiple artists, and I'm not sure if it's just oh they can't keep up with his his pacing or whatever. But Hawks and Pox, you know, the two different two different artists. I like them both. I don't. I. I. I didn't really. Th- I think it's because I. Again, I didn't think too much about the colors. Um, probably because I have read it before, so it's not jar- as jarring. But you're right. It. It reminds me a lot of a. Of. Why can't I think of it? Cassidy, a little bit. <laughs> Cassidy and his like you know Hitch, you know those types of mm-hmm. widescreen. Yeah stuff even though like it's not necessarily structured that way but the coloring is very like i don't know like that early to mid 2000s stuff which makes sense you you know i can't really articulate why but i'm gonna put this out there okay just to hear kind of what you think about that okay but the one of the first no this isn't bad okay but what was one of the first things i thought of is this reminded me of um Reminder X-Force. Like, as I was reading it, it made me think of that. It's like, it's like that, but worse. <laughs> I mean, I agree with you. <laughs> but like, why does it make me think of that? I like, mean, I can't, I can't draw the, the comparison. I like, think, I'm just reading it and I, I immediately think of that. I mean, I, I think I can, I get it. It's, I don't think I would probably wouldn't be my first comparison point to like if I'm picking mm-hmm. one other book, but it, you know, Uncanny X Force basically takes a lot of old characters and their, and their status quo. And I then, guess it is wet worky. Yes, it's wet worky. There's that. And like you change their set, you make their status quo. And then by shifting them into a different, a different status quo, you, it basically reframes what those characters are. And like Dum Dum Dugan. When I think of Dum Dum Dugan, I think silly. I think silly, kind of over the top, mm-hmm. uh, gung ho GI Joe type. 
This is this this book is very GI Joe. There is a lot honestly. of GI Joe in it. That's the like the superhero yes. side of it is Cobra Commander might as well be yes. might as well be. And I think that's what I like. I liked GI Joe a lot uh, when I was a child. I never I, really I never really cared for it personally. Thought it was I, fine. I had the movie and I cried when Joe died. He's gonna be okay though. I know. I know. But I didn't know then when I was seven or whatever. I thought well, Joe that's was what they, dead. They, they, the, the guy shouts from off screen duke's gonna be okay yeah exactly it's obvious adr like they're like oh crap we can't kill him we need we, we're gonna lose yeah. everyone uh that, they can't they can't they can't pull an optimus prime and no. just eliminate all the old ones to make room for the new ones no um but i mean i like that a lot but i think like you know dum dum dugan in marvel universe is very like silly gung-ho gi joe and this dirties him up a lot it you know i think that you know by changing your uh the by using those old tropey characters in like slightly more quote-unquote mature adult themes it's the same you know x-force does that too like deadpool is a very silly character most of the time and then suddenly he has remorse about killing a kid or being complicit in killing a child even if that child grows up to be a apocalypse literally man i'm getting x-force is really good go read that again too on top of frank's castle better than this I agree. I mean, I think Kenny X-Force is like one of my favorite superhero books of all time, so you're not going to hear me argue about that. Um, I think if you read this again, I think you'd like it more. You never will, and you shouldn't probably, but I think you would I, get I, appreciation. I, yes, I will not read it again. There's things in it. There's things in it that I like, but by and large, like I can, I'd rather, I'd rather read the, 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 the Doro Hidoro manga or fucking anything. And I really you know, there's so much <laughs> there is a lot of options right now for our entertainment. Uh, yes, I also would. I love I there is the the when he shoots Baron Mordo right in the head when he asks him, so you got any final words? Yes. And he's like too fucking bad and shoots him right in the head. I don't know. Like, I'm a sucker. I still I like I like it. It's like a very Arnold commando mm -hmm. type thing to do. And what killed the dinosaurs? The Ice Age. Iced that one to go on a phrase. Those are two different movies. I was gonna say, you're mixing it. You're you're mixing your metaphors. Yeah, yeah. Stick around. <laughs> Stick around. When you when you know when I you know I would you know I said I would kill you last. Oh, I lied. God. Oh Arnold, I'm gonna faint. Oh Arnold, I'm laughing at Arnold voice. <laughs> Arnold voice. Um. I don't know. I I I think I still. I just there's a soft a soft thing in my heart for it. Um, That's okay. I like, we can we can, we can all like bad shit. I like Nick Fury. I think I I still think the Nick, Nick Fury deserves better than this comic. I mean, unfortunately, Eric, I have some bad news for you. This mm -hmm. is still in modern Marvel. This is probably the second best Nick Fury story behind Nick mm -hmm. Fury Max. Like that, there's it's slim pickings. Like you, like even among like current day, it's like it's not like they kept telling Nick Fury is like the Watcher now. I think still, <laughs> they still. I think that's still canon. I don't know, but I think it is. Last time I checked, uh, Gore Gore was right. What? Did, what? How was he right? That's what he said. That made Thor become oh, unworthy. I don't even see. I don't. I forgot about all that. Just you can't. You're gonna forget Oculon or whatever his fucking name is. <laughs> eyeball guy. Eyeball guy. Why are you gonna forget this shit? 
You're gonna make I, me remember. I mean, I I'm gonna remember douchebag redhead guy forever. I mean, he's not like he's bad. I uh, like there's a, a, a the really the thing that really bothered me honestly the thing that bothered me the most in this book rereading it was mm-hmm. when they took Druid away and trained him up and said oh you're shitty because you're fat yeah I hated that that's terrible I I fucking no, hated that. no apologies he was he was one of the people that I I was actually like I liked him and then that was just so gross it's like i like i get it these all these black ops dudes are like fucking assholes and don't care about person people at all i mean i won't deny that it's a good joke that like the guy like makes him do this test and then he looks at it and he's like you're fat like that's that's punchy that's that's a that's a well-structured joke but it's fucking like to go to the fucking training montage and all that shit and now you have value because you're skinnier fuck you fuck you so hard that's so shitty yeah and like there's a a point to like well yes these all these old shield people are all fucking terrible but it's also like yeah you you can do it better than that you can do it more artfully you can i don't know like i like i still like druid and like the fact that he can he comes back and he's like the a savior and stuff but like all the it's a weird like it reminds me of v for vendetta in a weird way like mm-hmm. him like the things he does with daisy and fury does where he's like testing her in weird th- like yeah i'm just gonna take away one of your teammates without your permission and then he's gonna, but i'm doing it because he's too important and he needs to get better and he he freezes up when he's you know in in times of danger um no jt's terrible i don't know i like nick fury i think that's it that's the answer is like you tell me any story has nick fury in it in a sizable role i will probably and real nick fury not adopted son who got his eye gouged out to look exactly like samuel jackson like i don't mm-hmm. don't give me that contrived crap Give me old beaten up Nick Fury in any kind of story. I don't care. I'll probably read it. I think that's really. I'm just a Nick Fury slut. That's, I was gonna say Mark. That too. They're relative close to the same connotations. Fair. I mean, there there are those wrestling slut socks and hat you can get. Mm-hmm. Who was it? Was it Jordan Grace? Was it Jordan Grace? Yeah, she was selling. I mean, it's good. That's good. That's good merch. Mm-hmm. I contemplated buying one of those hats. I opted out in the last second. It's, it's probably for the best. Yeah, we're, I don't need more hats. Um, I think that's it for Secret Warriors. I think that I, I don't know. I like if you lo- if you like Nick Fury, like I Nick Fury, I, like I would suggest it. In probably any other in any other context, you probably could skip it. If you're like, if we need a broad recommendation, Eric would probably say read it ten. Put it on ten thousandth on your list of two reads. Is that is that too high or too low, Eric? Mm, we'll rank it at the end of the episode oh no no i can't escape it (laughs) i don't regret reading it but there's plenty of things that i would have enjoyed a lot more yeah i I mean i i like it and probably would still recommend it to nick fury fans and i agree with you (laughs) i think i just the, the the negatives aren't as bad as the on the the nostalgia 
we will re- we're gonna read the dan abnett andy landing galaxy galactic cosmic marvel stuff though eric and you probably hate that too but too bad because it looks exactly like this <laughs> in a lot of ways man 2000 i guess co- companies really do like they really just like everything being the same for a long time it's a really strange thing like house style like that's i think that's a one one thing that like marvel like what hawkeye did was like hey you don't need a house style everything can look different this is house style at the time i think that's i think that's it um that's it for secret warriors we will be discussing uh more immortal hulk next time uh volumes three through six some nice return of the devil hulk I've read some of the, the of that, and it's very good, just like that first stuff. So we'll get to talk more about Hulk. And there's, uh, there's a, apparently, Eric, this is news to me, mm-hmm. that Empire, you know, is now Ewing joint, and he's writing She-Hulk in that. And apparently might be some, might have, you know, she is a Hulk. Just saying, might be some devil She-Hulk coming out of her. Mm. Maybe. Or something similar. She's already she's already hulkier than she used to be. Well, she's I, that's changing because in the, the 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 Empire solicits, she's normal She Hulk again. She's not you know monosyllabic Hulk She Hulk. Interesting. She's back to her normal, relatively normal like She Hulk Jennifer Walters self. But at what price? Mm-hmm. Question. And, I mean, and, and that alone made me like hmm, I should read it. I want to read Empire now just for that. I want to see. Well, no, We'll certainly be reading. I mean, if it's a if it's a good a good um, event, we should read it. Yeah, I agree. The bad event, we should read a couple of them and then stop. <laughs> Not read all of it, like Civil War Two. Mm-hmm. We didn't read every. We, <laughs> we, we, we stopped. No, we read all of Civil War Two. Oh, gross! Really? <laughs> yes, really, we did. We took that all the way to the end. We hated it by the last. We were like, well, we thought the art was unbelievably beautiful at every issue. It was a really nice looking comic. It was. It was gorgeous, but the story was terrible. Um, it's fine. That's I can't even remember some. Like I think Civil War Two like has already been almost was, completely pretty, undone. Pretty preposterous. Yeah. yeah. Um, but we'll do more Mortal Hulk next time. Uh, you can read along with us. That'll do it for us today. We are the Handsome Boys Comics Hour. You can find us at handsomeboyscomicshour.com. Links to our Facebook or Twitter, to our RSS feed. Uh, follow and like us at all those places. If you like the show, please uh, give us a review on Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast service you use. Give us a review. Subscribe. Tell your friends. All those things help us out. Help out the show. Uh, get us more listeners. We really do appreciate it. Um, you can find me online on Twitter at Robbie Darman. And my website is RobbieDormick.com, which includes links to all my other podcasts and links to purchase my horror novels. My newest novel, War on Halloween, comes out July 26th. I've already pitched you on it. Go check it out. Eric, where can they find you and your things online? Well, you can see my portfolio at FreeWillUnlimited.com. And you can see the other things I get up to online at EricZGoodnight.com. That includes Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, where I'm known on those services as EZGoodnight. With that, folks, we will call it a day. Have a good one. Rock and roll.